Welcome to the Life and Rhythm Podcast, where we hope to equip rhythm communities to be formed by God, with one another, for the good of others, in the valley as it is in heaven. Well, welcome to another episode of the Life and Rhythm Podcast. I'm with my good friend, Danny Mullins. Hi, Danny. How are you doing, man? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. For those of you out here uh, who've never met Danny, he's got kind of a southern draw to him. A little. A little bit. I like that about him. Uh, when I first got to the Phoenix area a couple years ago, I was looking for a spiritual director. And somehow bumped into Danny. Pretty sure it was at a dive bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Or online. Or a southern fried chicken plate. Or a southern fried chicken plate. Uh, And yeah, we met, we had an initial meeting and I initially just felt at ease around him. And, you know, it's it's hard to find people that will hold space with you, sacred space. And so I just want to start off by saying thank you. You're welcome. I remember that meeting. We met at Fergie's Coffee Shop. We did. Downtown. Yes. Oh, held great. some sacred space with coffee. Yeah, just as we're doing now with this pour-over you created. Thank you. You're welcome. So, uh, Danny, tell us a little bit about yourself, your journey to become not only a spiritual director, but you serve with Sustainable Faith, mm-hmm. um, which is, I think, a monastic missional expression of the Vineyard Church. Is that right? Well, more or less, yeah. More or less. It was founded by people who were... yeah. Because their life came out of the vineyard, so yeah. we're not an official vineyard uh, organization, right. but uh, lots of folks. That's where we got our start. Yeah. So, so tell us about you. Uh, I've been in vocational ministry for over forty years, and uh, it's five years older than I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> and uh, I. Uh, Actually wound up here in Phoenix in 1991, was uh, on staff at a, at a church in Mesa, and then in 2001 went on staff at a vineyard in Gilbert. And uh, in 2012, I just sort of had a crash and burn. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, had, I did not know how much of what I had been doing, I did in my own strength for wow. so long. And uh, and then that tank that hold, that's that got that fuel for that in it, it just eventually ran dry. Mm. And uh, I just couldn't do, I couldn't do it, whatever it was. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do life like I was doing it anymore. I had, there had to be another way. And so through through some time of, Inner healing prayer, which I had just had some piled up wounds that we all get through life. Yes, and we do. like a lot of people, I had no clue what you do with those except put them over somewhere in a closet <laughs> or someplace. Mm-hmm. And there they are. And we just keep them, except the closet got so full. Yeah. There was no room for anything else. And that's when they all kind of just spilled out on the floor in 2012. And, uh, Turns out God actually heals wounds. <laughs> and Turns I, out I managed them yeah. for about, you know, yeah. 58 years. Turns out God heals them. And I had no clue what that 
meant. Come on. I didn't brother. know that was possible. So, you know, for me, the way I illustrate it's the difference between a wound and a scar. Yeah. A scar that is evidence that something happened, but it does not hurt yeah. anymore. And to not have those things hurt anymore was just unbelievable. And it was right after that that the school I teach for, Sustainable Faith, actually came to Phoenix. Yeah. And I really didn't know what any of this was, but I was really drawn to it. I went to school for the first year, and it was like, holy smokes, this is who I am, and this is a way I can do life. I can do life like this because it was a, a life that renewed you. God renewed you by engaging in some regular rhythms and practices with being with him in ways that I just, uh, it ceased being work to be with him. Wow. That, and that's amazing when you're not also working. If you're working to be with God too, it, it, it just Exhausting. wears you out. And I noticed that scripture you guys have been using from Matthew 11, you know, and I love, I love Peterson's, Eugene Peterson's rendering of that because Jesus is coming to me and I'll show you how to take a real rest. Yeah. So the thought of being with God and resting, holy smokes, that mm. was like life changing. So not only did I finish school and practice direction, then I got invited into the faculty to begin to train. And uh, I thought they were nuts, but <laughs> you know, I've been doing it now for like seven, eight years, seven years. And uh, this is like, I gradually uh, went off staff at church and now I do this full time for the last, this is my third full year yeah. of, of just teaching and training directors and offering direction and supervision and yeah. you know, some other stuff. But Yeah, I'll just a uh, little plug, not to be uh, an advertiser here, but just from my own personal experience, it was really formational to go through the sustainable faith journey and the two year deal to become a spiritual director in Chicago. Mine was just across the street from Willow Creek Mm -hmm. and a bunch of us drove from Illinois there for two years. And I would say that this journey of, uh, of planning the gospel out here and being a part of rhythm community, um, that it really did start the seeds of that started within that journey and before that, but that really was a big part of watering those seeds. Yeah. And launching out, I my spiritual director in Illinois, Tim Reist, mm-hmm. who you know. Who I know. Yeah. And I, I just have so much gratitude towards what you do and how you do it. Because we're, we were oh, talking nice. about before the podcast, it's built on vulnerability, mm-hmm. really discovering not only who God is, but who he's made you to be, your true mm-hmm. self, your authentic self. And I, I would agree with what you said. I, I definitely had some open wounds that became scars in that season. Uh, Augustine, you know, fifth century Mm -hmm. said you can't know God without knowing yourself and you can't know yourself without knowing God. And it's this circle that just doesn't stop of knowing him and consequently beginning to know yourself even more. And because you, you know, it's like, who are you bringing to God? If you don't even know yourself, who are you bringing? You don't even know who you're bringing. So yeah. this discovery that's happening that just sort of goes in a yeah. circle that apparently will never end since God is 
unlimited and manifold. <laughs> you know, he's just a fold that keeps unfolding. And I have a feeling that's going to go on forever. So yeah. that there's going to be this forever knowing of God that yeah. we'll never get to the end of. Yeah. Uh, and we just start here. Yeah. I didn't know it could be quite this good. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not saying we don't have our stuff that right. happens and life can be difficult. but And it has been difficult for all of us these last, uh, you know... Yes, it is. Year and a half, whatever. <laughs> but uh, I didn't know my inner world could be what it is. And yeah. you know, if if I had my way, every pastor would have to do this. Yeah, have to do the school because uh, the renewal that you you have to have. Yeah, or because burnout is so high. Yeah, for ministry, and it's because we go and we go and we go, and we we don't have that. God renewing on a regular basis that we have to have in order to keep pouring out. Yeah. So one of the things we call our our people, our community to, is to become people who live into the great commandment, who mm-hmm. grow in their love for God and for other people, but also carry out the great commission mm-hmm. and go and make as they go in their life, just making disciples wherever they're at and teaching them to obey, baptizing them and and then that really important imperative at the end of the Great Commission where Jesus says, behold, be sure of this. You know, keep your eyes locked on me in all this. And I see that as a contemplative journey, but also a journey of action. Mm-hmm. Going back to Augustine, you know, mm-hmm. 1600 years ago, I think, around 400 AD, he published a book called The City of God. And I love this quote, if I can read this. So he says in that book, no man or woman has the right to lead such a life of contemplation as to forget his own neighbor. And then he says, no person should spend so much time in contemplation that they ignore the needs of their neighbor. And no person should spend so much time absorbed into action that they dispense with contemplating God. Mm -hmm. And it really speaks to what you just said, which is there is this rhythm to the back and forth, the breathing in, breathing Mm -hmm. out, of being a contemplative missionary of sorts. Mm-hmm. And so for you, you know, you kind of touched on, I, I started developing these rhythms that helped me listen to God and listen yep. to other people better. Can you explain for somebody who's never even heard the term spiritual direction, first off, what is that in your, sure. in your own words? I know that's sure. one of your exercises you make people do. <laughs> it is. We call it our elevator speech. Your elevator speech. Give people your elevator speech and then talk about maybe some baby steps into this journey of learning how to listen. Because I think that that would help us love others and even come to appreciate God's love for us too. Sure. Uh, Well, I'm going to reverse that a little bit. Uh, The the word contemplation is, is, it's getting a lot of play these days, you know, and... uh, the word contemplate comes from two Latin words, uh, con, which means together, and templum, which actually means temple. Mm. And for me, that word contemplate simply means being with God yeah. in his temple. And turns out, I'm his temple, <laughs> and you're his temple, and it's a, it's a matter of simply being with God within me as opposed to he's out there, which is 
we kind of get kind of get that picture sometimes as if he's there and I'm going to come be with him. I totally, I mean, I get it, but turns out he's, he is out there, but yeah. he, he's here. Yeah. If I read the New Testament, yeah. he, he decided to live here, if I'm reading it right. <laughs> Thank you. So if I'm going to be with him, I'm being with him within me without denying that he's present to me. He's more present within me, yeah. Because that's what he says is that's his home. Yeah. So uh, that rhythm that Jesus had of pulling away, you see it all through the scriptures. He pulls away in the Gospels, and then he reengages community, and he pulls away, and we pull away so we can engage community. Right. That's, and uh, sometimes you know we. You can sort of the contemplatives can get a reputation for, you know, navel gazing. You know, it's just like, oh, you, you just go away and you're no good to the world because you're just going to go be alone. And, well, yeah, we're going to go be alone. But it's in the being alone, at least for me, that I am most shaped to be like Jesus. Come on. And if I become more like Jesus, then I do what Jesus does. And what Jesus did was engage the world. So for me... It's not like, oh, here's contemplation, here's mission. Mission is an, it's just a natural result of being with God. If I become like Jesus, you will do this without having to think about it because Jesus did that because that was in him to do. So being with God, I think it becomes within us to do. And spiritual direction Spiritual directors are people who uh, sit with someone else and try to create a space where that person can connect with God. And the thing we don't do, which is, I know when I have some people come into the course who have been in ministry, it can be a challenge because we don't fix, we don't advise, we don't counsel. If you're coming to us for an answer, uh, you're going to be disappointed because a good spiritual director is not going to give you one, but they will create a space for you to sit with God with whatever that question is and help hold that space for you so that you can listen. Yeah. And listening is, man, it's in short supply. It is. These days. Uh, one of the things that I think contemplation is, and for me, again, that's just time with God. That's all that is. It's just, it's not ooey gooey spirituals, you know, this weird, I don't know, ethereal. Yeah. No, it's just ordinary time <laughs> with God. It's not weird. But, you know, in that space, um, I think contemplation helps me break my preoccupation with myself. And it's my preoccupation, in my opinion, with myself that keeps me from hearing God and from hearing you. Come on. Okay? It's all right. Because I cannot hear from you when I'm so preoccupied. And you know that conversation we have where we're hoping they'll be quiet so we can tell them what we're thinking while they're talking, which means we're not listening to them because we're trying to get back into the conversation. And uh, I think that some measure of inner silence is indispensable to listening. And that's what I believe time away with God does. Helps me to sink into 
some space of inner silence so I can hear God, obviously, which is primary, but so I can hear you. And I can't hear you when I have all this inner noise. It's, it's so hard to listen to Matt when Danny's voice is so loud during your conversation with me. So uh, that's, that's part of what we're trying to help people do in spiritual direction is to get still and become quiet so they can hear their own heart, they can hear God, which is going to result in them hearing other people. Wow. I'm just smiling because I'm imagining what the what the local church expression could be like if every member of the body of Christ began to really listen to one another and pay attention to what God might be up to. I think listening is so important because one of our greatest needs is to feel heard. But who's listening? Yeah, who in our lives do we interact with that we feel like, wow, that person's really locked in and they don't seem to be so concerned about unloading on me right now so much as receiving and being that safe space mm -hmm. for, for me to even not only be my true self, but I think we discover our true selves in community. We don't do that in a closet. We do it in the outworking of relationship right. with God and with one another. And uh, thinking about uh, Bonhoeffer's words in, the, in his book, Life Together, where he says, beware of the person who cannot be alone because they're dangerous mm -hmm. in community. Right. And also beware of the person who can only wants to be alone. That's right. <laughs> who doesn't want to be That's in right. community. There's this tension and what, what a beautiful image to think about when Jesus was with the Father. Obviously, he was with the Father by the Spirit in crowds of people. Mm -hmm. He's paying attention to what God's up to. And when mm -hmm. he's feeding the 5,000, when he's having dinner with people, with a woman at the well, mm -hmm. he's, he's attentive. But there seems to be a priority to pull away. Mm -hmm. And where Luke says, you know, often he withdrew mm -hmm. to lonely places to pray. There seems to be a need even for him to pull away, mm -hmm. to be even more attentive to the Father that he might re-engage in his everyday ordinary life. And I'm thinking if he had to do that, <laughs> that possi possibly it might be helpful. Listen up. <laughs> if Jesus had to do it, yeah, most I, likely we should do it. But it's one of the hardest things to do. Yeah, and I, I apologize for even like saying we should do it. it. It's not a should thing. It's not, it really isn't. I get, I get to be alone with the one who knows me more than I know but myself. But it's so hard to be alone. It is so hard. To and, delight in that space? Yes. And, you know, I've, I've had a lot of students and we've had a lot of conversations. And I think I've come to the conclusion is that the alone space, if I take alone space... It's not God that I'm afraid of being with. Mm. It's me. <laughs> because when I get alone, there I am. And that, that's, that can be hard. Because, I mean, he's... 
I don't sense being afraid of him. I'm not saying that can't happen, but I'm just saying I don't sense like fear of being with God. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's like being afraid of with love, you know, mm. but being alone with me in silence, that's when all the stuff starts bubbling up that I don't want to look at. But what, what, where's a better place for it to bubble up yeah. than with God? So what might that look like practically with people who are listening to this who might be saying to themselves, hey, Danny, that sounds nice. Yeah. I, I think I would like mm-hmm. to be more comfortable being alone with myself. Or well, Again, going back to my original question, what might be some baby steps into that for people who are just like, hey, I long for that. Not only to be a better listener so that others may know God, but I want to know my true self. And I, I really want my wife to know that I'm paying attention to her. Because I got to tell you, when I went through the sustainable faith <laughs> journey, it didn't just affect my pastoral life. It affected mm. me as a dad yeah. and as a husband, yeah. as a neighbor. Yeah. It really slowed me down. Um, one of the primary things I took out of my whole journey was people don't necessarily need to know about all that I know. They just need to have someone to listen to them. Mm-hmm. So I talk a lot less. I ask a lot more questions. And, and so for you... Talking to somebody, imagine you're sitting across mm-hmm. from coffee at Bergie's downtown mm-hmm. Gilmer. Mm-hmm. Danny, tell me, what what can I do besides signing up for one of your cohorts? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's some practical stuff. You could read a, a good book about silence. I mean, there's some good books that help us practically know how to go about yeah. taking some time alone. Give me some of that. Give me uh, one or two. Into the Silent Land. Uh, by Martin Laird is one of the best books I know. He talks, the silent land is a place, he says, that's within us. It's You don't acquire it, you it's discover there. it. Come on. Okay? And to take that in- inward journey, and all of this is in the context of God. This is not some self-realization, you know, human, what a what a. This is... In the context of God's presence to begin to make that journey into that space in me that's already silent. There's a silent place in me if I can find it. It takes intentionality. You've already said the two two of the really important words, slow down. Slow down. Which is one of the hardest things in this society to do. It will not happen if you don't choose it because there is no place to slow down. Okay, and, and I get it. I mean, we all get it. We all know what busy is like. So I'm going to have to create some time and create some space if I find myself hungering and long, longing for this. But you need to start with small bites. <laughs> you know, you need to say, you know what, God, it's all about intentionality. It's, it's me saying, God, I just want to sit here with you for 10 minutes. No agenda know anything. I just want to sit with you and set your clock for 10 minutes so you don't have to look at it and wonder (laughs) if you're almost there because stuff's going to happen inside of you when you choose to do this. And, but that just take a bite of it. Be still. And you're not there to do anything other than be with God. That's it. It's like, I don't have to Memorize something. I don't have to have any pressure of hearing anything from God. It's 
I liken it unto sitting on a bench on a on the cliff in California, overlooking the Pacific Ocean, watching the sun go down with my wife. I don't need to say anything. We just sit there and enjoy each other and the moment. Beautiful. Okay, and it's just we. This is ah, we're just way too busy busy with God. Could we just be a little un? Busy with God. Yeah. Do nothing yeah. except sit with him. Yeah. I, I just think if my kids came and did that with me as a dad, that would be like so cool. <laughs> <laughs> just want to sit here with you. That's it. We don't have to say anything. I mean, I think God just grins from ear to ear and say, welcome. And that's what Jesus said. Come to me. If you're tired, weary, worn out, let me show you how to do this. I'll, I'll, he called it unforced rhythm. Unforced. Un, there's not, we're not working at this. Okay, yeah. so re, read a book about it. Yeah. Learn, it's, the, it's there. It's, that's what we are doing in spiritual direction. Often is just creating that space for someone to sit. Yeah. And uh, and I don't know. There's something about someone helping you. Yeah. That's there's also a path. So that's another way you could begin to explore. To say is sit with somebody who knows how to do this, and let them do this with you. Because uh, they're just going to be with God too. Who's ever leading you? They're not there to be with you. <laughs> I mean, they are. You know, <laughs> but they're not. They're there to for both of you just to be with God. And uh, that's a practical way. Uh, I, I don't know. It's so hard to shut up. Could we just shut? Don't turn on the worship music. And I love worship music. Okay, I'm a musician. Don't turn on the worship music. Just, it's amazing how the birds sing here. I, yeah. I sit right where, you know, right here, looking right out that window in the morning. It's open. And my gosh, as it's getting light. The birds it's like you hear things you never heard and you hear God in, in all of it because God's in all of it. That's beautiful. Yeah. So I think one of the things I would love to do that we've never done. Oh boy. On a podcast is just sit in silence together here. Sure. Hold space. And I know it's going to be tempting for those of you listening to fast forward it to the end. (laughs) (laughs) No. Or or to turn it off completely. But there's so much I love about what you just said because when a lot of us think about becoming a better listener, it's putting on more things. It's not taking off. Right. It's putting on. And most of what you just described is shut your mouth. Mm Mm-hmm. Turn off everything. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if we can just hold that space here and then you can close us out in some prayer. How's that sound? That sounds great. Thanks for joining us today. You bet.
Jesus, you said you, you were going away to prepare a place for us. And I think this is the place. place to be with you. No pressure. It's a place of peace and rest. So thankful. It's a place of renewal and refreshing. You lead us by still waters you make us lay down in green pastures. You restore our soul. Lord, for everyone who's listening, I pray that you would plant a, a, a deep hunger in them to be in these places. It can sound so inviting, Lord. I pray that it actually becomes inviting. In these spaces, you shape our hearts to be like yours. It's in these places, Jesus, that we see you and we become like you. For we see you like you are. We see your love and your grace, your acceptance. We see your forgiveness. We see you we become like you. Lord, we can't do any of this without your grace. And so we ask, Lord, for an abundance of grace to be poured out on us so we can spend these, these minutes and hours and days with you, our, Lo our Lord, our King, our friend. Lord, we trust you now to do this. We pray that as we choose these times and we choose these spaces, that the kingdom of God will come and the will of God will be done in our hearts and lives, in our context of life, with everyone we're with. Father, we ask these things. Let them be so in the name of Jesus through the power of your spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Life and Rhythm Podcast. We are on mission to live freely and lightly with one another for the good of others. Peace.